0: coming this that we are kicking off part two of our Cash Rules series. We talked last week about cash rule number one, which was all money ain't your money. This week we are talking about cash rule number two, which is stack money. So we are jumping into this. I'm excited to get to it. Let's jump into a word of prayer and we'll get right into this word. Father in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for giving us this chance to come together to hear your word. God, speak to us in a way that will empower us as it relates to our money. Money is a stronghold in so many of our lives, but God, we know that you have power to overcome every stronghold that comes up against us. And so now in the name of Jesus, God, we pray that you will empower us that you will create in us a new heart, a new mind, a new mentality as it relates to money. And I pray, God, that the goals that we have set for ourselves regarding money this year, that they will truly come to pass because we will do, do the work, we will put in the work, and we will be disciplined. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's jump into Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, we're looking at verse number 2. Verse number 2. It says don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That is Romans chapter 12. Verse 2 from the New Living Translation. Many of us have been trying to stack money. We have been trying to stack money. And so we have been doing the hard work of trying to stack money. And so we've been stacking it, right? You get your paycheck. You. Come to this commitment. It is the beginning of the year. You've got your new goals in place, and you have decided that this is going to be the year that I get my stuff together. And so you start trying to stack your money. And so you're stacking money. You're putting your money together, and you believe that you are going to make it. But then all of a sudden, as you are trying to stack money, you start what? You start falling off. And so you get back to it. You start working on it again. And again, you are trying to stack money you are trying to make sure that you get your money right you want something different for your family you want something different for your life and so you are trying to stack Money, But it seems that just as we are trying to stack money, we are trying to do the right thing. We are trying to get our money right. What we see ends up end up happening is that sometime things come up in our lives as we are trying to stack money, right? Something happens with the car and so the car needs new brakes and new rotors and new calipers. And so all of a sudden we were trying to stack money, but we start to lose a little money. And so we have to Start withdrawing some of that money that we've stacked. Oh, and then some other emergency comes up. If we own a house, maybe the furnace goes out. And so, yes, we have been trying to stack money, but all of a sudden we need to use a little bit of that money to take care of something that is crucial that needs to be taken care of at the house. And so we've been trying to stack money, but then we start having to dip into it to spend money. Oh, and then somebody starts talking about, especially if it ain't coronavirus time, some friends start talking about a trip to Vegas or a trip to Miami. And even though we have been trying to stack money, all of a sudden we need to dig into that money that we've been stacking. And before we know it, that money that we've been stacking with these good intentions— we've been on our grind, we've been doing the right thing. Before we know it, we have had to take a few instances where we have had to dip into that money. And before we know it, that money that we've been stacking starts to become a little bit unstable. And before we know it, that money that we were stacking, all of a sudden it goes away. And that tends to be the story of our lives. I want to submit to you all That perhaps the challenge that we have is not with regard to money, right? The challenge that we have when it comes to stacking money is not that we don't have enough money. Perhaps it is our mindset. I want to submit to you that what it took for me to no longer have this impacting my life, for this to not be the mirror image of my life as it relates to money, let me tell you that what it took for me was not more money, but it was a different mindset. And that is what I want to push you all on today, that if you are going to be successful at stacking money, if you are going to be successful to the point where you no longer have to have like heart palpitations when it's time to open up the Chase app or the Bank of America app to look at your account balance, if you are going to get to the place where you can with joy and freedom look at your account balance because you're not worried about it being negative, you're not worried about how low it is. If you're going to get there, it is not going to come as a result of you securing more bag, of you getting more money. It is actually going to come as a result of you changing your mindset as it relates to money. I say this, I say this with passion because this is what it took for me. This is what it took for my household. It, it was not simply that we started making more money. It was that we started making up our mind regarding money. And that, my friends, my brothers and my sisters, has been the world of difference. Paul talks about this issue of mindset. He talks about it in Romans. When we get to Romans chapter 12, Paul has spent 11 chapters talking about the grace of God, the goodness of God, and the mercy of God, and the fact that we have received this salvation only as a result of God's mercy. Paul spent 11 chapters being super-duper theological, but then he shifts from there and says, let me tell you about the practical. In view of what God has done for you and what you understand about God theologically, there are some shifts that you should make practically, Paul says. And the key shift that Paul says you should make in Romans chapter 12 is that you ought to be renewing your mind. Yeah, he says you ought to be changing the way that you think. So many of you have heard this uh, Bible verse before, the be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have heard it before, and we often talk about the renewing of our mind as it relates to thinking differently as it relates to sin, thinking differently as it relates to how we treat people, thinking differently uh, regarding some of the activities that we engage in in our lives. But I'm going to push you today to think about this passage, this challenge about this renewed mindset, this different way of thinking, this kingdom-mindedness as it relates to our way of thinking. I'm going to push you today to begin to think about this as it relates to how you think about your money. What does a mindset regarding money need to look like in view of God's mercy, in view of what God has done for you? Paul writes to the church at Rome, and Paul is urging them. He wants them to do these certain types of Christian living things since they are now Christians. Paul urges them to stop doing something, and he wants them to now start doing something. Paul says to them, stop masquerading. Stop conforming, the, the text literally says. Stop conforming and stop masquerading and instead start transforming. Go through a metamorphosis based on the inner change that has already happened in you. There ought to be an outward change that now happens. He says, I want that to happen through a change mindset. Paul points out the danger in conforming to the pattern of the world or to copying the world because Paul effectively says that the Christian way of thinking is out of this world. It is out of this world thinking. It is out of this world living. It is out of this world behaving. And again, we apply this to so many areas of our lives, but when it comes to our money, we don't think out of this world. We think according to this world. We we think the way that the Capital One credit card commercials want us to think. We think according to the way that this capitalistic system in America wants us to think. It wants us to think that everything that we bought last year is now out of style, and so even though we have jeans, we need to go buy new jeans. Even though we got a closet full of jeans, we now need new jeans because those jeans don't look like the jeans that they told us we got to have this year. And so we go out and we spend big money again on those jeans. Or, or, or the Mac that we have is perfectly fine. All we do is surf the Internet with it anyway. All we do is basic stuff with it anyway, but they, they transform it from thick to skinny. They transform the iPhone from long to short to back long again to a little bit wider to a little bit thinner. And, and we, have been, we have been programmed through this capitalistic system that spends billions every year marketing towards us, that if we don't have this new thing, if we don't have the latest thing, then somehow we are missing out. Our lives are not complete unless we have this new and latest widget. We have conformed to the world's way of thinking. But again, let me remind you that we are called to have out-of-this-world kind of thinking, and so I'm pushing you to renew your mind. Renew your mind. Let me talk specifically about this mindset transformation that needs to happen. The thing that we need to do if we are going to be successful stacking money this year, if we are going to be successful at that, if we are not going to find ourselves, our money in ruins again, if we're going to finally be successful at stacking money, the thing that we are going to have to do, number one, is disrupt the pattern. Disrupt the pattern. The pattern. What pattern are you talking about, preacher? The pattern that I'm talking about is how we think about money. Yes, the way that you think about money is according to a pattern. Let me say this to you. If you do what everybody else does, you will get the results that everybody else gets. If you stand in line, if you stay in line, if you function according to the way that most other people function. If your financial habits are the financial habits of most of the people in society, you will gain the result of most of the people in society. Most of the people in society, their mindset regarding money is centered around keeping up with the Joneses, right? Making sure that we got what the next person got, and if we don't got it yet, we do what we got to do to get it. Keeping up with the Joneses. The problem with that is you don't know where the Joneses is going, right? You might be trying to keep up with them, but are they going to a place that you actually want to go? We copy, right? We do things like trying to keep up with the Joneses, or we do things like, you know, just doing it for the gram. And we got to disrupt that pattern. Some of the things that we spend our money on, just so other people can see it, if we were to be honest about it, So other people can see the vacation that we took. So other people can see the restaurant that we ate at. So other people can see the room that we transformed in our house. So other people can see the fresh outfit that we just bought. So other people can see the fresh kicks that we just bought. So other people can see that we just got this new car. There's so much that we do as it relates to consumption that we just do for the gram. Some are consuming makeup right now, even though they're not going anywhere, but really just to beat face so that they can look good on Instagram. And then after using up all that product, washing it off, and laying around the house for the rest of the day for the gram. The other thing is we do it because we get affirmation through acquisition. Yeah. And black folks, we got this bad, right? Because of Uh, These messages that we internalize from the rest of American society about who we are or who we are not and how low we are. Black and brown people, we have this, this very badly. We seek to purchase things that affirm or seeking to affirm who we are. So if I can just buy the right car, if I can just buy the right clothes, if, if I can just um, live in the right neighborhood, if I can just take the right vacations, then I will be good enough. It's like that Langston Hughes, um, that Langston Hughes poem. We do these things because we are seeking affirmation through acquisition. Lastly, we do things like we end up taking on unnecessary debt. These are patterns that we work according to, right? Like they cause us to push and to do these types of things, like taking on debt that's not even necessary. Uh, Proverbs 22 and 7 says this, The rich rule over the poor, and watch this, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Yep. We talk a lot... In society especially going into February we'll talk about this about the legacy of slavery in America but I think that what does not get good attention is the bondage that debt places individuals into doesn't compare to American enslavement at all it is not to be compared to that but there is a different kind of bondage that is restricting people's movement That is restricting people's ability to have happiness and to have freedom in their lives, and that thing is debt. Debt will keep you from living where you want to live. Debt will keep you from buying a home. Debt will even keep you from being able to rent an apartment based on debt and credit. Debt will keep you from being mobile to being able to own a, a, a car. Debt will decide what time you get up in the morning and whether or not you have to keep a job that you hate. Bondage. That sounds like bondage to me. Was that song that um that um the seven dwarfs were singing in um in uh, Snow White? I owe, I owe, it's off to work, I go. That is the anthem of so many people. And I hate that it is is even the anthem of so many Christians that in the morning when they wake up, that is the anthem, that is the song in their heart. I owe, I owe, so it's off to work, I go. I owe, so I can't quit this job. I owe, so I can't afford to spend more time with my family. I owe, so I have to live in this specific city. I owe, so I can't. Follow my heart and start my business. I owe so I can't chase after my vision. I owe, I owe so it's off to work I go. For some people it's even, I owe, I owe so I should be tithing. But I owe so much money to so many other people that I don't even have no money left at the end of the month to even give God what's his. I even owe somebody else God's money. That sounds like bondage to me. But the Bible says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Uh, How can we be set free by God and allow ourselves to be bound by J.P. Morgan Chase? How can we be set free by God and be bound to Bank of America? How can we be set free by God and be bound by Capital One, be bound by fill-in-the-blank of your creditors, of GMAC, uh, of U.S. Bank? Fill-in-the-blank of your creditors. How can we be bound? And so we have to begin to shift our mindset from that way because it it is truly a bondage that we placed ourselves in. I want you to think about this for a moment. There is a finite amount of money that we will all make in our lifetime. I know it seems infinite because we spend it and some more comes in in the next pay period and we spend through that and some more comes in. And so it seems like it is an infinite fountain, uh, like a fountain of water that always comes. But there is a finite amount of money that will come to us in our lives. And what we have to begin to ask ourselves is how much of that do we want to spend or waste on interest? Because in, ver- in many ways, you don't get nothing for interest but time. Time to pay. That's functionally what you get when it comes to interest on personal debt. You get the privilege of, getting, of acquiring something now that you may not have had the money for in exchange for somebody letting you pay it back over a period of time. So you get, to, you get the satisfaction today, but then you pay it back tomorrow with a little bit extra. I want us to think for a minute about this finite, finite amount of money. So the, the average high school graduate, that is about 88% of America, this is according to 2015 uh, census numbers, uh, will earn about $900,000 over the course of their working life. A person with an associate's, associate's degree will make, this is about 42% of the population, will make about $1.1 million dollars person with a bachelor's degree is about 32% of the population, and 12% with advanced degrees will make about $1.8 million over their working lifetime. But I want you to think about this for a second. So you got those numbers, right? High school graduates, 900K, associate's degree, 1.1 million, bachelor's degree, 1.8 million, uh, bachelor's degree or higher, I should say, 1.8 million. But the typical American will end up forking over $280,000 in interest over their lifetime. What they got in exchange for that 280 is time, right? The ability to have something now and pay for it later because they didn't have the money today to pay for that. So as a result, they fork over interest, right, and paying that stuff over time. So if we're talking about a million bucks made over a lifetime, 280,000, that is over a quarter of that money. So think about it this way. Over the lifetime of my work, 25% of the days that I got my butt out of bed and my feet hit the ground and my butt went and got in the cold car that I had to first knock the snow off of, 25% of those days that I did that every week. I didn't go to work for myself. I went to work and handed over that money to somebody else. That sounds like slavery to me. Again, there's a finite amount, finite amount of money and we have to decide how much of that we want to give over to somebody else simply for interest. I hate debt. If it's not business debt, I hate debt. If it is not school debt I, debt, I hate debt. I hate debt, I hate debt, I hate debt because it bounds people. I've never experienced a level of freedom that I have experienced when Carla and I became debt-free. Many of you know our story. We were $125,000 in debt. Two and a half years, we got rid of all of that debt. Some of, it became, some of it came through hard choices, like departing with my BMW 745. Hard choices. This is back uh, 2010 to 2012 we went on this journey. Hard choice. Got rid of that BMW. I owed more money than it was worth. So not only did I have to sell the car, but we also had to put money with it just to get rid of it. But it got rid of that $500-something-dollar-a-month payment and the insurance and the cost for the parking space in our building. Hard choices, hard, hard, hard choices. I I was working in education and, and I was taking the bus to the south side of Chicago, southwest side of Chicago every day because Carla and I were sharing one car at the time, but we were doing it so that we could gain our freedom. I was working two jobs at the time. I was pastor of City Point and I was school teacher on the southwest side. But that was a part of the plan to be able to money up and to get ourselves out of debt Looking back some eight years later, it was worth it. Looking back eight years later, there's a whole lot of real estate that I've bought, that we have bought, nine properties that we have bought, some we have flipped, and we have only been able to do it because of those sacrifices to extract ourselves out of debt. You can do this. I'm a living witness. You can do this. Life is good on the other side. In freedom, you can do this. Let me push y'all. Let me push y'all. Secondly, we need to develop a plan. We need to develop a plan. Man, Time management is a thing that I struggle with this um, this year. So I am in seminary. I'm working on a master's degree. And um, it was really great being able to do classes online and do all my work at home. And, And it was a lot of work. And what I started to realize is that, like, every single time something was due, I ended up with like just enough time to be able to get it done and turn it in. Assignment due at 5 p.m. I'm turning it in at 4.55 p.m. Assignment is due before class Friday at 6 p.m., uh, Monday at 6 p.m. I'm turning this thing in at 5.35 p.m. Right? It always seemed like there was just enough time. I later discovered something. After about 10 weeks, 12 weeks of this happening throughout the semester, I stopped and thought about it. And I discovered that this was not a coincidence. Not just happenstance, that I just happened to just have enough time to get these assignments done. You see, what I figured out was that psychologically, when I knew the amount of time that I had to get an assignment done, I would unknowingly and subconsciously fill all that time and all that space. Didn't take me that long, but I would fill that space because I had that much. And so something I started doing is that I started just budgeting my time. I started allotting myself a certain period of time for certain pieces of the assignment. All right, you got three hours to do the reading. You got an hour to do your outline. You got two hours to write the paper and then turn it in. And so at each Point along the journey, right? If I'm reading, I know I only have this space of time to get this reading done. So bro, do what you gotta do to get this reading done in these three hours. You got one hour to get this outline done, so do what you need to do in this one hour. You only got X amount of time to get this writing done, so do what you have to do within this allotted time. And I discovered that when I started budgeting my time, telling my time what to do, Lo and behold, it didn't take me as much time to do these assignments. I want to say to you that just as I learned that as I stopped wasting time and became efficient with it it as a result of managing the time, I want to submit to you that this sounds like some of us when it comes to money. When we have no plan for money, it always seems like there's just enough. There's just enough to pay the rent. There's just enough for the mortgage. There's just enough for all of our expenses for the month. And lo and behold, there's just this little amount or, man, I'm sure glad like this check came in because I needed it to pay that. And it always feels like the money is just in the nick of time. Let me say to you the same I said to myself as it related to my classes. It's not a coincidence. It's psychological, and it will require a changed mindset. It will require a changed mindset in the same way that I fill up all the time space with an assignment if I'm allowed to, in the same way we will spend money up to the margins if we do not give money a plan. Do yourself a favor. You work too hard for your money. You deserve better out of this. Do yourself a favor. Budget your money. Develop a plan. There's some budgeting resources I want to mention real quick. Mint.com has great budgeting resources. Uh, DaveRamsey.com uh, has great budgeting resources. Nerdwallet.com also has some great budgeting resources. Go there, tap into it. There's so much technology that's out there. Set a budget, stick to a budget. Let me talk real quick about budget. What it is a budget? A budget is simply this. It's not a bad word. It is a plan for your money. Everything needs a plan. Where is it going? When is it coming in? It needs to be a plan. What does the budget include? It includes all your income. Account for variances. Some of us are entrepreneurs. We've got our peaks and we've got our valleys. So you include those variances. Some of us, some months we get paid twice a month. Some months we get paid three times a month. Account for those variables. We call them in my household A-months and B-months. A-months are when we get... Uh, two uh, payroll checks. B months are when we get three payroll checks. So when that money comes in, right, when you get that third payroll, if you get paid every two weeks, and some months you get three of them, that's not like extra money that just somehow came out of nowhere. That's your money that needs to be accounted for and planned for. And secondly, you account for all of your expenses, all of them. Easiest way to do this, go through your bank account. As scary as it may feel, as intimidating as it may feel, Go through December statement, go through November statement, go through October statement and just write it all down or export it into Excel and go through it all so that you can get an idea of not in my head. What am I spending? What am I buying? But in actuality, what am I spending my money on? And the third thing that needs to be in the budget savings. If you do not plan to save. You will not save. If you do not plan to save, you will not Save. Let me push this thing along. So not only do we develop a plan, but let me share with you thoroughly and finally, we need to be disciplined. We need discipline. That is what is going to make the difference in all of this. I can give you all kinds of tips. I can tell you why you should. I can tell you that you can do it, but it comes down to discipline. God rest his soul. Kobe Bryant I've been thinking a lot about Kobe lately as we have been making changes uh, here at City Point and preparing ourselves to go to another level. Been thinking a lot about Kobe and this Mamba mentality and what it looks like to approach every situation I- in life. Or as Kobe talked about, uh, every game approaching it like it is a game seven. Let me ask you this question. As it relates to your money, do you want... M- Do you want your money to be better? Do you want to be able to stack money? And do you want that as bad as Kobe wanted rings? Do you want it that bad? If so, you're willing to build a mamba mentality about this thing. If you want it bad enough, you'll be disciplined. You'll stick to it. If you really want this thing bad enough, I don't know what the vision is for your life but the vision for my life is to wake up every morning and love what I do and know that I got the option to not do it anymore if I don't want to do it anymore that's what I have for my life right now in 2018 I was struggling I I was working full-time as a school administrator uh, pastor Wendell had just accepted a, a, a role as uh, a senior pastor at, my, at Mount Olive Baptist Church in Joliet, and so now I was back to pastoring solo again. City Point was also moving into this new facility. And I was struggling in 2018 because I was trying to manage our renovation project. Carl and I had a one year, Layla was one and a half years old at the time. And so I'm working this full-time job trying to pass the city point, trying to manage this building project and manage our real estate, and my wife was traveling for work. This is all happening in 2018. And I realized something has to give. And so I took the leap. I got to leave this job. They were paying me over $80,000 at that school. Good job, good benefits, retirement, all that stuff, pension. But I'm like, something's got to give. I'm really good at that work, but I'm called to do this work. And so I had to make the decision to leave that behind. But you want to know the reason that I was able to leave that behind? It was because of those 2010 and 2011 and 2012 decisions that Carl and I made. The discipline, the paying off the debt, The stacking, the sticking with it, that's the reason why. That is the reason why I was able to draft that letter, set up that meeting with my executive director, and tell her as much as I appreciate the job, as much as I love the organization, I got to go do something different. As I'm talking about this, some of you are imagining yourselves being able to do that wishing that you could do that i'm telling you with all sincerity you can do that but in order to do that you're going to have to do something different you're going to have to stack up some money so what i understood is that yeah i was going to lose some money as a result of doing that but what i understood is that i could get it back But it was going to take some time. It was going to take buying more properties and flipping more properties and getting more rentals and, and building City Point up as a church. And the only way that I could do that would be to invest in myself and give myself the time. But the discipline put me in a position to be able to make that sacrifice. It's because I stacked that money let me push y'all you can do this I know you've fallen off a lot of times but you can do this 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 time you got it this time you're in a different place this time you're approaching it with a mob of mentality you can do this question is not can you stack it how high do you want to stack it you want to be a millionaire You can do that. It's going to take discipline and stacking. What, what, what? How many properties you want to own? That's your goal? You can do that. But it's going to take some discipline, some mama mentality, and stacking. Oh, you want to start your own business? That's what you're trying to do? And you're trying to not be out there looking janky and halfway doing it? You can do it but you're gonna have to stack, you're gonna have to be disciplined, you're gonna have to be mamba mentality if you wanna do it, if you want to do it. Paul says, do not conform yourselves any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. You don't need more money need a different mindset and it starts now. Let me pray for you. Father in Jesus name I thank you for my brother my sister that wants to get it right when it comes to money. God I pray in the name of Jesus that you will give them that discipline that mamba mentality to go all the way this time. I pray in the name of Jesus God that you will break the chains of bondage mental bondage as well as physical bondage related to money break those strongholds in my brothers and sisters lives in Jesus name so that we may be free to worship you free to serve you free to chase after our visions and our goals free to wake up every morning doing what we love even if it is the job that we currently have but loving to do it and knowing that we are doing it out of freedom and not obligation help us God we know that you are able